0: From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Katherine Augustine. And I'm Haley Fuller. Welcome to Speak Your Mind, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing mental health and self-care on Northwestern's campus. Our goal is to facilitate a conversation about mental health that goes in-depth about what students are really experiencing, and try to shatter the stigma surrounding mental health. As a content note, this episode has mentions of mental health disorders and suicide. This
1: week we talked to students about their experiences seeking help from short-term therapy to long-term care and medication. Some like Camille Guzman and McCormick Jr. didn't have a hard time getting help. Instead, the difficult part was telling the people closest to her.
2: So at the beginning of last year, during Wildcat Welcome, I went to CAPS made an appointment because I'd never tried out therapy. And so I wanted to find out how to do that, who I could go to. So I did that. As you know, CAPS gets a really bad rep. I was really fortunate in that I was able to get an, an appointment as soon as possible. Actually, when I like first called or tried to make an appointment, there was like a, a two-week wait or something, which is very common. People always complain about that. But I, I think I just lied and I said, oh, I can't do those days, whatever, whatever. So they were like, okay, we can see you tomorrow. And so then I was able to see someone and and I think within the next week, I had my first appointment with my therapist, and it's been over a year, and I've seen her ever since, and I've really enjoyed it.
1: Camille had a fairly easy time opening up about her mental health to her friends but she found it harder to talk to her parents about what she was going through.
2: When I started seeing my therapist, it took me a while to even start talking about it to either of my parents because like, it just went on my insurance. The main thing was I just didn't wanna worry them. I know that my mom's always worried about me just being stressed in general and missing me. So the thought of her knowing that I wasn't doing well, like in that sense worried me because I knew that it would be on her mind all the time like I didn't have to tell them but then once I started going more often and it was things were getting would get bad sometimes and then it was helping I would talk to my mom about it and then over the summer when I really really wanted to get medication that's when I started talking to my mom more about it but not the rest of my family that much when I first sought out a psychiatrist and getting medication I had no idea what that entailed and one of my best friends here who also has almost the same experience as me she's was already on medication so I reached out to her and I also reached out to someone else at this school who I don't even know I've never I don't think I've ever spoken to her in person, but I just follow her on Twitter, and she's very vocal about her mental health issues as well, and I knew that she was on medication, so I reached out to her to see what I could do. I think a lot of people, at least in this community, know that it's very common for medications to not work the first time or to go through tons of medications before you find the one that works for you, and I started two different ones for like anxiety and depression separately and fortunately they've worked really well so I haven't had to try a different one so overall it's been a really great experience.
1: These immediate connections aren't the only way she gets support. The prevalence of mental health disorders on Northwestern's campus leads to less stigma.
2: At least in high school I don't my mental health issues weren't as bad so I didn't feel the need to be vocal and so I don't know if if I had been vocal about it other people would have been as well or at least my friends but I think it's more stigmatized in my home because at least here it's much more common and like also we were in high school, so it wasn't as stressful and so like a lot of people who already have it before they come to Northwestern like things will get a lot worse since it's so well known I think that's why it's like not as stigmatized here.
0: Sophomore Jill Radley also had a positive experience seeking help. However after having dealt with anxiety for several years she already knew her family and friends were in her corner. My friends
3: from home knew I was having a really hard time last year and then my friends here after I became a lot closer with them we talked about it a lot and I'm pretty vocal about my experience here. Especially my high school is really small, so I'm a, a guidance counselor there very frequently whenever I needed it. There would be times when I wouldn't meet with them for a while. It was always an option. My friends at school all knew were very in tune with that part of my life. We kind of joke because half of us have mental health disorders, <laughs> and it's a very comforting feeling to be able to talk about it with someone who kind of gets it.
1: But even though people are more open with their mental health issues at Northwestern, Jill noted that it can also enable people's diagnosed illnesses to be taken less seriously.
3: I definitely think here at Northwestern a lot of kids have struggles with mental health, but and that can make it a different sort of vibe where it's not as much acknowledged how difficult it is to struggle with mental health. Because everyone struggles, that's also part of the period of our lives we're in. And it's hard to differentiate that because you don't want to diminish anyone's experience. But it definitely feels sort of like underappreciated what it means to have an anxiety or a mental health disorder versus just a tough time. Both are difficult in their own ways. Yeah, I've definitely seen that here.
1: With an increased number of students feeling comfortable reaching out for help, getting an appointment at CAPS is often difficult.
3: I think a little part of me was hesitant to talk to CAPS because when I saw CAPS, it was right after the student committed suicide in the dorms. And so I think they were very nervous and sort of on high alert when students were approaching them. Or I might have just made that up in my head. I didn't want it to become an ordeal that I was going there because I've seen someone from a mental health before. I've had anxiety since I was old for my whole life. I've known I've had anxiety since I was like 15. So I didn't want that sort of attention at the time. And more of it, I think, was on my part being anxious about opening up to someone like affiliated with the university. Freshman fall, at the end of fall quarter, I reached out to CAPS, but I knew that they had a reputation of not having space to meet students. So I had my phone consultation, and they basically asked me like, a series of standard questions what has caused your anxiety You've even having panic attacks etc and then they were like have you considered self-harm and I kind of felt like that question was the one that was going to determine whether I got seen or not it was basically I got in for one initial meeting and like knew that there wasn't really going to be space for me to see someone regularly and I knew at that point that's what I needed so they gave me referrals. So therapist in evanston who would take my insurance and i had asked for that they acknowledged that yes i wouldn't be able to be seen but they weren't shooing me away so i then waited a while now i see someone in evanston it's really close by and it takes my insurance but it does suck that i have to pay like 20 dollars every time i go
1: although she's a supportive family Jill wanted to take steps to direct her own mental health journey.
3: My parents have always been super supportive and my brother has anxiety too, my mom does, and they just want to help in any way they can and so I know that's always there but I don't necessarily always feel like I need to call my mom. I'm having a panic attack anymore. But yeah, the responses have been like really supportive. My parents are relatively aware, but I also kind of like have been more independent about seeking out help, just as like I feel like I'm more of an adult now and like I pay for my own therapy and stuff like that. But it's not like, they would definitely be willing to be more involved.
1: While therapy is no longer considered taboo, taking medication still faces considerable stigma. I
3: think taking medication
1: is a little bit stigmatizing,
3: Like, I take Zoloft, and I know, like, I don't think even I really understood what medication for mental health does until I was old enough to want to, like, understand the science of it. And, like, I know I have friends whose family members are against medicating for mental health, more so from home than here. And, like, my friends aren't, don't have that perspective. Like, I've watched, like, a couple of my close friends go through things where, like, they should be seeing someone and not necessarily like i'm not a doctor so i can't say they should be medicated but like knowing that their families are against that because they think it does something to your body or like it's unnatural just like different values i guess but that can be stigmatizing just like i wish people understood that it was like the same as or it's kind of equivalent to if you have like type 1 diabetes and you have to inject yourself with insulin like your body just doesn't like the chemicals don't work normally so it's like something that needs to be medicated and I don't think a lot of people like get that I think it can be stigmatized.
0: While Camille and Jill had easy times getting the help they needed some aren't as fortunate. McCormick Jr. Greta a student in the manufacturing and design engineering program didn't have the same experience. We didn't include her name because not all of her family members know she's seeking treatment. Between finances and her family situation, Greta ran into several roadblocks. So last, last
4: winter, yeah, last winter, I was taking um, three very, very challenging classes. I had just switched into a uh, maid, and I was just having a really tough time, um, like adjusting. And um, at the end of the quarter, my boyfriend, like long-term boyfriend, broke up with me. And so, like, everything kind of just started to get very overwhelming all at the same time. Uh, so I reached out
0: to um, Mona Dugo. Mona Dugo is a senior associate dean of students in the student assistance and support services office. Greta knew Dugo after they had talked during Greta's freshman year about a separate situation with her mom's mental health issues. At the time, Dugo suggested that she go to therapy, but she passed off the opportunity. This changed last winter.
4: So then, last year, when I actually felt like okay, this is like an actual problem that I can't kind of like get through on my own and like can't like deal with just by talking to my friends or like talking to my mom about it um, I knew that I like needed to like reach out to someone, and I thought that so once I reached out to her i um kind of had to do, like, there was, like, a lot of hoops to jump through, kind of. I met with her a few times. We talked about um, possible options. And then she recommended that I speak to someone at CAPS. So then I spoke to someone at CAPS and basically had to, like, rehash, like, my whole fiasco, which was kind of frustrating just because, like, I had already told her. then I had to tell a new person. Um, and then the person at CAPS did not like was not super helpful.
0: Greta struggled with getting the help she needed because her family situation held her back. She was caught in a bureaucratic web. So like I,
4: because I would like meet with Dean Dugo a few times, um, like over the course of a week or like two weeks, and then after doing, like after meeting with her a few times, then I met with the person at CAPS and then I was supposed to go back to CAPS But then, like, there was just, like, all this, like, administrative stuff, and the people at CAPS were talking to Dean Dugo, who was also talking to this therapist. So, like, there were just a bunch of adults kind of, like, discussing my situation without, like, consulting me about it. I'm, like, pretty much a, like, I'm a very private person, and I have, like, a few really good friends that I, like, do share that information about, or, like, information with. Um, so, like, during that time, like, people close to me knew that I was struggling, but didn't necessarily know that, um, like, I had reached out to anyone for, like, actual help and not just, like, wanting to talk to my friends kind of thing. It's not that I, you know, it's not that my friends would have made the situation, like, uncomfortable or, like, I wouldn't have felt judged or anything, but just I think the way that I was raised and, like, the way that my family does approach things like mental health or like having emotional trauma or whatever like all that stuff um that's just kind of made me like not want to share that information anyways like it's not like a oh I feel like I can't or like I'm judged it's just like not something that I I would like rather deal with it like by myself kind of
1: so then I'm guessing like you haven't told your family about that
4: no yeah my family does not know like my mom knows just because she's more open to the idea um but like my siblings and my dad do not know that i like went through the whole process so and like you don't think that they would be supportive of that um my so i have two brothers and a sister and i think my sister would be more supportive um but I, like my i know my dad would not my dad like doesn't believe in like mental health being like an actual like problem or something that like actually affects people um so i would never tell him i might tell my sister but like again like we were all kind of raised the same way um
1: to have that belief that like you know it's not it's not the biggest issue or like- do you go secured funding for gratis therapy from northwestern but the funding source limited her therapist options and the amount of sessions she could go to in total she only saw her therapist eight times from the time she first sought help to the time she saw her therapist, months had passed.
4: I didn't have, like, the greatest experience with th- this therapist. I think, like, maybe if it had been someone that I personally, like, picked, yeah. maybe it would have been better. Um, but yeah, like, after the eight sessions ended, I also, like, wasn't interested in, in like, continuing therapy or, like, continuing to see that specific therapist, especially because I was going to be, um, like at home for the summer
1: yeah, and like would not have been able to balance like that and work and living at home. Since last year, Greta has had the time to reflect on her experience searching for and receiving help. I feel like I definitely needed to speak to someone like
4: during that period in my life. But since then, like things have kind of like smoothed themselves over a little bit. So it's not as... Like, pressing of a need. Um, but, like, of course, I would like the option to be able to, like, see someone if I needed to. But, like, after how kind of, like, difficult and frustrating and, like, drawn out the whole process was, like, it's almost,
1: like, not worth the, sh- like, trouble at this point. That's all we have today for Speak Your Mind. See you next Friday for another episode.
0: This episode was reported and produced by me, Haley Fuller, and Katherine Augustine. It was edited by Callan Luciano and Hina Srivastava. The editor-in-chief of The Daily Northwestern is Troy Clausen.